from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. Let's just not talk about it. If I make a move, you're coming with me. What about the love? Coming with me. What about the neighbors? Coming with me. What about the seeds? Coming with me. The people that you came with? Coming with me. What about the love? Coming with me. What about the neighbors? Coming with me. What about the seeds? Coming with me. People that you came with? It's Friday, March 29th, 2019, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, everybody. And sitting in with us for the full show today, a guest cast member, an old friend from Los Angeles, California, Mr. Propaganda. West, West, what's up, y'all? <laughs> Dude, it has been too long. Okay, before we before we say hi to Prop, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by World Vision and their upcoming six, Global 6K for Water. It's a one-day event where people from all over the world walk and run 6K in their own neighborhoods to bring lasting clean water to children in need. Every step you take is one they don't have to. Now, why 6K? Six kilometers is the average distance women and kids in the developing world walk for clean water. And did you know World Vision is the number one provider of clean water in Africa? It's an amazing work they're doing. So when you walk or run World Vision's Global 6K for Water, you provide life-changing clean water for one person in need through your registration fee. So no matter where you walk or run, you'll be celebrating lives changed. And you can raise a lot more money than just that, too. The, the event takes place on May 4th, and our whole team here at Relevant is running it here in Orlando. If you want to actually race with us, go to worldvision6k.org slash relevant, or to just register for the race in your hometown, uh, or especially if you're like in LA or Minneapolis or Dallas. I mean, it's happening all over the globe, but there's big groups in those cities. Head over uh, to worldvision6k.org for all the information. Join us on May 4th, y'all. It's going to be a great event, and let's see a lot of lives change. Uh, last year, they had 48,000 people participate around the globe. This year, let's help them get to like 75,000. Let's do it. All right. Wow. Look, look what Incredible. came in the mail. Look what I got yesterday. Got oh, my, you got your race got, shirt. Got the official, the, the official shirt of World Man, Vision. I thought those were shorts at first, bro. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah shorty shorts. Gym shorts. I didn't yeah. think I could run in jeans. I don't know listen, how this works. Listen, I'll say this. When I'm out there running, it doesn't matter if it's a 1K, 6Ks. I'm talking up to like 9Ks here. <laughs> <laughs> My thighs got to be breathing. They, yes, they can, I don't. I don't want any kind of. You no know, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got to have minimal fabric on the legs. So I will be. I will be cutting my own pair of running shorts. That will. Match when's the relevant? Shorts. When's the relevant free run? Is my question. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> We're raising money for a different cause with that one. Hey, uh, prop, dude. It's been too long. Catch us up. What Man. has been going on in your world since you've been on the show? It's been at least. Nine months since we yeah, talked to man. you on the podcast. Catch us up, man. Yeah. Too long. Well, too long. Uh, I've had two other children. I'm just kidding. Um, I was like, that. That is that is fascinating. <laughs> I just put it past you. It's a medical miracle, man. I tell you, man. That childbirth, bro. And you women, I'm so sorry I've ever made fun of you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, nah, it's been quite a run, man. Uh, a lot of changes. Um, you know, I got a whole new like management team. Uh, professionally, um, we moved out of Long Beach. We're in uh, Boyle Heights now, which is like LA proper, real no close way. to like both of our sort of families and like sort of, sort of our cities of origin, which is pretty cool. Um, let's see, dude. Uh, you were, we had, but you were up? like Long Beach, like you were Long Beach royalty to the grave. 
I uh-huh. never wanted to leave, but my wife got a job uh, <laughs> five blocks from us. So her commute is one mile, which is yeah. glorious, which means oh, she's in a better cool. mood all the time. Um, we um, win, win, win. So, so what you're win, saying win, is win. what you're saying is the update of last nine months is happy wife, happy, happy life. And just, amen. That's you know what I'm saying? Like, right. uh, so that's, you know what I'm saying? Let me do all your marriage counseling. Um, and we did have a, uh, sort of a death in our family. Um, my DJ I've been traveling with for the past, you know, seven, eight years, uh, DJ Effecto, he um, went on to glory, uh, had, he was hmm. off in Spain. Um, so if you have followed, if you know me, like then, yeah. you know, my DJ actually was doing this other thing called Humble Bistro. He was cooking, he was doing food photography. He was in Spain studying under this master chef to learn how to make paella. He was going to do this paella, like Filipino fusion, like this, like adobo paella, just ridiculous stuff. And just uh, had his blood pressure kind of spike and then drop. And that was it. You know, so this happened over holidays. Yeah, uh, it was tough, man. Tough on my whole family. Tough on me. I'm still kind of like I still accidentally text him and then go, wait a minute. You know, Um, still pretty raw. Still kind of still kind of raw. it was a rough time, man. Yeah, yeah Effecto was seriously one of the nicest people. He was always happy. He was always joyous. Yeah. Every time, like I'd be with them. He, whenever you guys were touring through here, I'd be out in LA yeah. and we go, you know, check out sneakers or vinyl or something. Like yeah, that. man. Yeah, he was always just the light. The most I mean, giving dude. There'd be dude at his like. We did a party to kind of raise money for him, and then we did his funeral, and people were walking up to me just with these stories, and I'm like, I don't things that just out of your way, inconvenient niceness. Like he, he goes, this lady was like, man, you know, he used to, he dropped off my son at school every morning. And I'm like, when? Like I'm with him all week. Like when did he find time? The guy would just get up at five in the morning, take this kid to school and then come get on the plane with me. And I just had no idea just stuff like that. Like, oh man, I got sick and he flew out to like New Jersey to take care of me so my wife could go to work. Like, when, like who does this? You know, that's the type of man effect that was, man. Has it changed? Like, obviously it'll, it'll be something that, that you're going to be realizing the impact it's had on your life for years yeah. and years. But yeah. in the short term, has it already kind of changed how you view life and how short life is and oh my God. seizing the was, moment and loving the people. It was, who like, it was unexpected, right? Probably. Oh, it's Absolutely a shock, out dude. of nowhere. It's total shock. Yeah. Yeah. Like now it's like, if I'm thinking about a person, I'm going to text them immediately. Yeah. Hey, thinking about you. What's up, man? Love you, doc. You know, um, the go out of your wayness of stuff, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just things like that. Like, man, and then just stuff that you'd argue over. Like, I'm just like, this is, why am I arguing? I don't, <laughs> Why am I arguing? You know, just, I just don't have, there's a lot of stuff that I honestly don't have time for, you know? Um, and just, yeah, just like, man, if you got a friend, like be a friend to him. Like don't waste time. Just go be a friend, you know? Yeah. That's crazy. You know, when we asked for the update, I thought you were going to say like something not heavy like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, they got a new album coming. You know? Yeah. And that's, you're on tour. You're on tour now too, right? I with Gunger yeah, with, and the end of the the end of the world tour, right? It's the end of the world, bro. But you know, you know the it's it's very gungery, you know, yeah. in the sense that like that's obviously it's a, a lot of white people. Yeah, it's a tongue in cheek name. 
you, I mean, you'd have to come to the night to, to, to really get like sort of the turn um, that we're kind of going towards, but it's super fun. It's definitely like when it, when you, when we finally get to the stage, it's this magical, spiritual, esoteric experience, this musical journey that only us three could possibly somehow provide it's just getting to the stage is <laughs> an absolute swirl of cats and feral monkeys all over the place i don't know how anything gets done but it totally does why how are we all just looking at stars and spirals and then somehow music starts and everybody locks in it's because it, the brilliance is out with you guys too right yeah yeah which is super awesome Really, like, it, there's this really cool thing about watching David and Michael and realizing that they're siblings and sort of seeing their, like, total sibling interaction. It's kind of, like, really humanized them both because they're both, like, Michael's, like, an out-of-this-world. Like, he's a Martian. You know what I'm saying? And then you realize, uh-huh. like, no, he's not. He's a brother like his, and that's his little brother. And it's super cool to see, you know? Do you guys ever feel like no matter how far you progress on the journey, like how much you grow up, get older, change who you are, don't feel connected to who I was at all. When you get back with family, when you get back with the people you grew up with, I revert to 15. Yeah. You're, <laughs> like, yeah, like, I was like, you're, you're in eighth grade again. Yeah, yeah. My, um, my goldfish crackers out of the box, playing PlayStation, yes. telling mom to let me like get to the safe point and then I'll come get dinner. I, it, I'm picturing, I, yeah, I'm picturing like Michael Gunger from Gunger and David Gunger from The Brilliance, like fighting and props like, you two knock it off back there. I tell you, I will end this tour right now. You two knock it off. Yo, when I say, when I go, hey, can we sound check? That's me doing that. Like, hey, you guys want to yeah. sound check? Like, can we... Yeah, and, and Michael's like, he started it, pointing at David. No, he started it. I will end this tour right now. I will turn this van around. I gotta I gotta ask, to be truthful, you're talking okay. to friends right now. Is it the widest audience you've ever played for? Oh man, it's up there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's up there, man. I mean, it's a type of white. You know what I'm saying? It's a type of white. I think that's it. Wait, it's there's the shades category. of white? There's yeah. what, are the sub, what are the subcategories of yeah. white? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me the subcategories. I would so like you to like, categorize. I that. love it. So there's like there's like Burning Man white, <laughs> right? Yeah. On one side, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then there's like, and there's a difference between Burning Man white and Coachella white. You yeah, know what I'm saying? totally. Sure. Coachella, yeah. Coachella white. Yeah. They bought those outfits at the mall. You know, yes. Burning Man white. They found rags in a dumpster they and they fashioned it. their own clothing. And, and 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 are positive that it's the best thing they've ever worn. <laughs> yeah. yes. that's burning it, man white yeah. it's the it's the difference between like you know ordering something off like paxsun.com and etsy basically yes. like wardrobe yes. choice yeah yeah yes right. yeah that's why so, so this is definitely this is definitely a good mix between like between like burning man white and then like uh <laughs> um christian conference like uh-huh sneaking alcohol in right yeah it's right. like a mix between those two you know I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little i'm feeling a little bit targeted here I'm feeling a little bit seen not usually not usually i wouldn't sneak i wouldn't so, sneak so it on, in, but. on the spectrum of um you know etsy adorned burning man goers yeah. and dudes who sneak flask into catalyst yes. where is your where is your audience so and then 
And then there's a section in the front left, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> that's looking at the rest of the room like, what? What is, is happening? Or <laughs> <laughs> just have no idea who Gunger and the Brilliance are. That are yeah. like, yo, props coming to town. Right. And they're like, well, that just. But what's cool about the prop fan is they're very open minded. So sure. they're willing to totally engage the rest of the show. But for during the VIP section, they're like, what? like this i mean this i don't not to like do too weird of the analogy but i have a friend who has who's dating this this uh a woman who like isn't you know involved in a church but grew up in like a very liturgical church background yeah. but hadn't been in hadn't been in church for a long time uh but the other day we had a, a friend in town it was someone it was sean uh from bethel came to town and was going to play like a very, very charismatic church, like super <laughs> Pentecostal. Yes. I'm talking, I'm talking like there was a flag person for every aisle in the church. Yes. Like yes. full on <laughs> flags. There was someone painting at the front of the church. You oh, guys yes. know, like oh, yeah, it, yeah. it is, oh, it is full on charismatic. Familiar. There oh, are, there are shofars everywhere. There are, I mean, wow. it was like, you know how some churches, you know, some buildings like in, in like, you know, urban areas, like they have like that, that bucket for, for umbrellas that you can just take and if you need yeah. one or however it works. It's like that yeah. with shofars, just big yes. trash cans full of shofars. You just grab them. And wow. it was like the lady that, that was dating my friend that we went to this thing together. You could, she had that look on her face the whole time prop. Like I like those people are like, I've been to a concert before, but this is not. Ex- but I feel yeah. a little awkward here. That's how she was like. I've been to a church before, but I'm not exactly sure what's happening. I'm going like, to be a good uh, sport. Yes. But this is this is not this is not what I was expecting. Yeah. Ergo, the guy in the Humble Beast T-shirt at right. this right. show. That's like, right. wait. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. 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 Hey, well, we have a great show coming up for you guys today. Uh, coming up later, we talked to Maria Taylor, the, the co-host of the new CBS series Million Dollar Mile from executive producer LeBron James. Maria is also a former college basketball and volleyball star and is a college sports analyst and reporter for ESPN. She's a co-host on College Game Day. She's everywhere right now. And the new uh, series on CBS just debuted this week. So we talked to her. Uh, she's also a really outspoken Christian. So it's really cool. We're going to get to chat Yo, with her shout, shout out relevant like pod for the for the glow up of <laughs> your friggin' guests you've been having. You know what I'm saying? Go. I'm like, yo, every time it pops up, I'm like, gee, these fools are on the glow up, guys, queen. I'm like, yo. <laughs> it's been crazy. It's been a fun little run. You yeah. the next issue of relevant, man, I so want to give it away. I can't. The next yeah. issue of relevant has probably the most star-studded crazy lineup we've ever had. Like literally Jesse called me late in the evening last night going, we have like four A-list cover options. And they're and like it's crazy that like globally known superstar people are going to not be on our cover in the next issue. It's nuts. Talk so about I Jesus believe, and stuff. I believe too. Jesse said in a meeting yesterday there was there's a name that I that I think we I think we landed, Jesse. And if I remember right, you said in a meeting you called it a flex. A yeah, flex. I was like having this person in the mag, but not on the covers of Flex, and I'm That's proud. That's quite of a flex. No, yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 But dude, it I was is. totally stoked about you guys. Will hear Maria in a second because you know not only is she like a big deal right now, you know she's you know she was hanging out with Obama on the sidelines of the Duke UNC game the other night. Like yeah. she you was see the what I'm one like. To say? 
So, yeah. And amazing. then like, you know, she took over Samantha Ponder's role as the is, you know, the main female co-host of College Game Day. But I was dude, I saw the tr- the trailers that debuted last night. I watched it. It was awesome. The Million Dollar Mile. This is have you guys seen the the, the previews like yeah. the concept for this show? Like I love insane reality shows like that's right. my thing. Huh. Like that is my like, you know, Cameron, you have your Bravo or whatever. <laughs> you know, My guilty pleasure is reality shows where someone could get hurt really like, bad. Like, every like Fear Factor back in the day. Like yeah, that, Fear that's, Factor, American yeah. Gladiator, that yeah. type yes. of thing. Yeah. But, but this great. show, it's it promise right down the street from your house they run it in downtown la oh and wow okay they shut down a bunch of streets and put like a mile long obstacle course and you have to race like pro like you get a head start but then like the, the part where you got to climb up a building like a professional <laughs> rock climber is like right on your tail trying to oh, trying to get sucks. you it's it's That's a it's a great, it's a cool concept man. i could never compete but uh conceptually it's a fantastic all right we'll move the show along on our friday shows we bring you the top five things that happened this week it's time for the hot list it's the hot list the hot list (laughs) talk about a glow up talk about a glow up right there every element of the pop so stupid you're you're a recording artist you're a musician this is your world (laughs) shoot us straight Oh, it's is glorious. it the best, Are you it the best me? jingle in the industry? It's, it's up there. <laughs> so it's quite up there. It's as high as the level of whiteness at this tour. I'm That's right. That's there it is. <laughs> <laughs> that for, like, it, yeah, for people who, who are, this is their first time to the podcast, they're feeling like either well, a prop fan at a Gunger show or <laughs> like someone who the last time they were at church was a Catholic church 10 years ago and walked yes. into a Bethel art project. Bethel. Like that's the level <laughs> of project. You're like, I kind of dig it, but it's all of this. But that jingle makes me very uncomfortable. That's, 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 it makes all of us uncomfortable. <laughs> Coming in at number five uh, this week, Katy Perry opened up about her upbringing in the church this week on American Idol. Uh, the pop singer serves as a judge on the new season of the reality show. And on a recent episode, a contestant who goes by the name Kay the Singer uh, opened up to the judges about her family's struggles with poverty and homelessness. When she was asked how she was able to come out to audition for the show, given that she's living that way, uh, she said that her church raised money to send her. Katie got clearly emotional and then started talking about how she could relate to the story and described her own upbringing. Uh, Afterward, a fellow judge, Lionel Richie, gave Kay some of his own spiritual advice. Here's a clip of what happened. Listen, I got to tell you, you know, I don't want to compare our situations, but I was raised in the church too. And... I didn't grow up with any money, and money was always the problem. Mm-hmm. It was the cause of everything not great in my life. We yes, had ma'am. food stamps and ate at the food bank, all that yes, stuff, because my parents were traveling ministers. And so when I was 13, the church bought me a guitar. That's where I got that one from. Exactly. <laughs> and so I relate to what you're saying. I think it's so beautiful, and I think, you know, it doesn't really matter where you come from. And I know it's so hard, this struggle. And you're an inspiration to so many people right. by getting here today. Yes, yeah, thank you. You are here for a reason and a purpose. God can only do for you what he can do through you. Amen. You better preach Amen. Amen. Man, Lionel Richie sounds like he even had the cadence of a preacher. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah, that was he's yeah, that he slipped into he's slipped into church mode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's from a deep place right there. That, it, like yeah. if Lionel Richie was speaking at church after seeing that, because even even like I said, his voice, he's like, You are here with a purpose tonight. And it's like, oh, I got chills just at that. You didn't even need to go into the oh, more man. preaching. 
Yeah. Do we believe with that theology, though? Do we believe that God can only do for you what he can do through you? Like, it's it basically me, the theology is you have to just do it for yourself. That's, isn't that what he was saying? Well, no, I think, I think, what, I think the, the through you part is basically he'll do as much as you allow him to do. Okay. But he's going to, you know what I mean? Like, if you're closed off to him, it's hard for him to do stuff for you. But once you submit to him, he can do it through you. Yeah, God's not going to pick your arm up and put right. it on a keyboard. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know, like it's submission to his will, not your own strength, that his will is done. Permitting for free will, for a, theolo- for a doctrine of free will, while still allowing the sovereignty of God to work to manifest his presence through us. This is, Bible, what about, well, hold this is on, really but what, basic Bible school stuff. No, but hold this on, is freshman- but what about the, some of the miracles in the New Testament? Like the, it was the, the faith of the friends who cut a hole in the roof and lowered their uh, friend down to be healed by Jesus. It wasn't that... It wasn't that like it wasn't Lionel's not really a pastor. Okay, I'm just saying. Everybody's going, oh, he's preaching. I'm just going, blow up. Here's the thing. Cancel Maria Taylor. Tell her I'm sorry. We're getting Lionel Richie on the horn. We're getting NT right. Get him on right now. Taylor, make that happen. I mean, because the Bible is like full of stories of miracles where God intervened in a situation. It wasn't that the person submitted to God's will. There were miraculous encounters. I mean, I mean, like like the cutting through the roof and in the and being healed, uh, you know that kind of stuff. Or it's like the but faith of others. We don't know others. that he was closed off to being healed. We just know that his friends had to take action. That his yeah, I wasn't he was closed off. But it's like God yeah. didn't do. Uh, it wasn't because of what God did through that person. That God God can do for you. What I don't know. Anyway, Lionel Richie's theology is confusing to me. I, <laughs> I like what but, y'all but, said. But though. Jesus does say to other people, "Your faith has made you whole." That's right. True. Like, right. Like, right. It's your the woman faith. with the issue of blood. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. God could do what he'll do through you unless he decides to do it otherwise. Yeah. That, <laughs> but right. because, like, that's <laughs> true. That's what I'm saying. Like God's ways are higher than our ways and, and it's not up to us. God can do what he wants to do. We, it's not like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, but I, I same, agree that like, there are absolutely evidences of people's faith that God like said, you know what, because of your what? faith, you're healed. But like, Come on, Lionel. What if that girl? What if that girl responded to him like, ah, I don't know about the theology there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. That's not. I don't come from that. Straightforward, Lionel. That's not what my church teaches. <laughs> yeah, listen. You sound like you're more from the Reformed tradition, Lionel. Yeah. And I put, Lionel, I put Lionel, less at stake on the free will of man and put a much more uh, heavier <laughs> uh, weight on the sovereignty of God. Yeah. And if the woman had not touched the hem of his garment, <laughs> would she still be healed? I don't know, Lionel. I don't, know, Lionel. I, think, no. I think Lionel would say, you know, that even just the desire <laughs> to be healed, whether or not you have a name for it, like you feel that desire. And then God shows up and he says, hello. Is it me you're looking for? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, and after you get that's, healed, that's it's, it's like you're well so done. excited. You're like dancing on the ceiling. And you can be the ballerina girl you've already dreamed. <laughs> oh, we're on a roll, guys. Cut, cut and print. <laughs> that's just the first one. That's, just, that's yeah, not even what, the hottest yeah, story of the week. This. Yeah, <laughs> that's number five. <laughs> He's not even on the show. <laughs> He's not on the show. We've already had a theology debate. Off a Lionel Richie one-liner. That's the <laughs> kind of show that, could end, that could end up on the cutting room floor for all we know. <laughs> it's just... Coming in at number four uh, this week, Starbucks is changing their iconic cup to reduce yeah. its massive carbon footprint. According to the International Coffee Organization, uh, more than 600 billion paper and plastic cups Jeez. are distributed around the world every year. And Starbucks is responsible for about 1% of that number. That's 6 billion cups. 
The problem is the current cup with its thick design, which feels good in the hand, it's tough to break down. So if cities don't have the tech to process them, the cups go into landfills. Starbucks doesn't have a good track record when it comes to their carbon footprint. In 2008, they pledged to make all their cups recyclable by 2015 and missed that mark by a mile. A second goal uh, to make 25% of their cups reusable by 2015 was reduced to 5% in 2011. <laughs> and the coffee, gi- the coffee giant failed to even meet that benchmark. Uh, however, uh, several new designs for a compostable cup have been approved and Starbucks will begin testing them in major markets this summer. The company is also testing new recyclable strawless lids in an effort to cut back on straws and lids as well. So so ba- basically, what, what's going to happen is you're going to have a hot cup of coffee in your hand this summer. And the, if, if you hold it too long, the cup will start to dissolve It'll start recycling in your hand. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, gonna, it's compostable. <laughs> I mean, like, uh-oh, it's wet. <laughs> like, that's going to... It's like drinking out of a, a the, paper the box paper or something. Straw. Yeah. Well, I, how I picture, like, because they, they didn't even come close to meeting these goals was, like, remember that episode of The Office where Michael Scott's on stage at, like, the investors conference for Dunder Mifflin? And they're all mad. And they're like, what are you going to do to save the money? I picture, like, a big Starbucks conference, you know, and investors like... What are we going to do about this uh, global warming? We're not doing anything. And some guy just jumps up and just makes absurd promises that are they have no way of keeping. <laughs> 25 yeah. cent recyclable by 2011. You know, <laughs> everybody's <Yes>. cheering. And-, <laughs> and like, yeah, they're like, I guess. I mean, that's the goal now, evidently. All right. There it is. We're, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, coming in number three this week on the hot list, Facebook is finally going to begin banning Yo. content that promotes white nationalism. Though Facebook and Instagram have long banned hate speech, the new policy directly links, quote, praise, support, and representation of white nationalism and separatism to white supremacy, all of which will be banned from the platforms. In a press release titled Standing Against Hate, they explain, over the past three months, our conversations with members of civil society and academics who are experts in race relations around the world have confirmed that white nationalism and separatism cannot be meaningfully separated from white supremacy and organized hate groups. It marks a significant policy change. They said, quote, we didn't originally apply the same rationale to expressions of white nationalism and separatism because we were thinking about broader concepts of nationalism and separatism, things like American pride and Basque separatism, which are an important part of people's identity. Going forward, white people will still be able to demonstrate pride in their ethnic heritage, we will not tolerate praise or support for white nationalism and separatism. Um, uh, watchdog groups have noted a substantial rise in white nationalism groups in the last year. So, mm. I'm I'm surprised it take it has taken them this long. I'm, 2019 I what happened. 2019, everybody. 2019. Because <laughs> they didn't. Because Zuckerberg just didn't wake up one morning and decide. You know what? They're right. Today's the day. You know, you know they, what, they, they, they raise a good point. I think it's I think it's multiple like terrorist attacks and wars across the country that they yeah. were finally like, you know what? I think we, I think we might have some blood on our hands, guys. Yeah. There was like a last straw. There was something, maybe yeah. what happened in Christchurch, something they've realized yeah. that, that, uh, this, this is, we are part of this. Yeah. However what sucks is like, what sucks is like, there are things in our world that are so plainly obvious, but you can't put your finger on it. It's like put your finger yeah. on jello. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, we all know what we're looking yeah. at, but we can't like name it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I feel like from a social media like platform perspective, that's kind of what happens when you go, when you 
it's almost like you you know when somebody's dragging you. Like I know I'm being dragged right now, but I can't tell you what you just said to me. But I know you just dragged me. Or somebody's flexing, like you said, you got like a you have a you have an A list celebrity that's not on the cover. It's like I think that's I think you just flexed on me. But at the same time, sure, it's sure. your magazine. You can kind of yeah, but but, I don't, but you know what I'm saying. But, but at least with this policy, they are putting a name to it because That's I feel like saying, up to yeah. now they've just rolled white nationalism into every other type of like statement about, you know, pride and yeah. some element of like, an, you know, ethnic diversity or like a culture thing. But now they're saying, no, white nationalism is its own beast that needs to be handled yeah. as such because That's it's what I mean, out of control. Though. Yeah. That's what I mean, though. It's like you it's like I know they there's no way they didn't look at that and go, I know that's different. I yeah. know what you're saying. I just, I, it's, that's what I'm saying. That's why it took them so long. Yeah. I think maybe that'd yeah. be a part of it. It's like, how do I point at it? Yeah. And I wouldn't yeah. necessarily trust fa- the people at Facebook yet. We'll see what happens, no. but yet <laughs> to be good arbiters of, uh, oh, this is just like, this person's just taking pride in their Irish heritage. Whereas this person is an actual white nationalist. I agree with you prop that it's, that it's one of those things where you, you kind of know it when you see it. I just yeah. don't know that Facebook yet has proven that they are good at knowing yeah. it when they see I mean, it. It, yeah. it really does. It creates a lot of you're you're going the direction that my my mind goes when I hear this is like like they are now the decider of what can be said and what can't be said. And and I know it's a private you know enterprise and you can choose to participate in their platform or not, and they can reject whoever they want to. You know. Yeah. But. You know, it really does raise the question of free speech. The question of free speech: uh, wh- Who's the police of of what you know is protected as a as a, a right in the Constitution, yeah. and then what crosses a line? I mean, because like there, are, everywhere you go, there are lines. I mean, like you can't yell fire in a movie theater. You know, yeah. like you can't do certain things in a in a free society. So you know, there are limits on free speech. So the people who would be upset about this about limiting free speech or whatever. Like everywhere we go, like there's laws, you know, that like govern our society. It's yeah. just a question of like, if this is a moving target, like who becomes who the arbiter, as you were saying, yeah. like who becomes the sayer of like, that's, that's pride and that's hate, you know? Yeah. And you're playing whack-a-mole because now you have to yeah, keep right. up with like, so if right. you just, so if you just, so if they just come up with like muted terms or, you know, things that mean other things, it's, it's like, how, like you said, like, how do I keep up now? It's like, we're playing, we're chasing, we're playing whack-a-mole here, you know? Yeah. And because there's so many ways that white nationalists have learned to codify the way they talk with the 14 words and and other like uh, very subtle things that I don't think Facebook's going to get into the business of blocking because they're just not savvy enough. And and it evolves too quickly for any one policy to keep up with. I think what they're trying to do is a good thing. I I, I do. I want, I want white nationalists blocked off Facebook. And I think, uh, regulation is overdue for social media sites, given it's it's how uh, how key it is to the way we talk to each other. But it this is tough, and that and that that becomes a problem when people start using like dog whistles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. like, yeah, I can ban overtly uh, hateful language or profanity or obscenity or slurs, but if someone if once these you know, like I said, these kind of dog whistles and code switch terms start uh, appearing that does become really hard to regulate. But I think too, at least they're showing motivation to go in the right direction and at least acknowledge yeah. like this is a unique problem. This isn't, yeah. you know, this isn't one that, you know, like someone, the, you know, the example of like, you know, Irish heritage or, if I, you know, or, or, or whatever. It's like, 
this is the, the the issue of white nationalism is a is a relatively uniquely awful problem that is that needs to be dealt with at this particular moment, you know, in, yeah. in, in culture uh, around the world, as we saw in New Zealand. Yep. All right. Coming in at number two, uh, the movie Us made a Bible verse, one of the top Google searches this week. Early in the Jordan Peele hit horror parable, a man is seen holding up a sign on the sidewalk that says Jeremiah 1111. Given that the film is filled with symbols and hidden clues about the plot, moviegoers took to Google to figure out the verse's significance. It reads, Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Lionel Richie's really into that theology. Uh, the, the, verse, the verse actually hit the 12th spot on Google Trends on the movie's opening night with over 200,000 searches that evening alone. Um, we talked, Tyler, you and I talked about this on uh, yeah. the Relevant Daily podcast a couple of days ago. Um, it's uh, you, you were very careful to toe the line on not giving you spoilers, but... Uh, well, it's a spoiler-filled movie. And yeah. I think the, it's one of those things where the less you know about it going into it, yeah. the better your experience. Yeah. But, but I totally, in the movie, in the theater, when that scene happened, I pull out my phone. I'm like, Jeremiah 11, 11. I wonder what that says. And I literally <laughs> was Googling it. <laughs> pulled your phone out? Yeah. I said yeah. towards the back. I said towards the back. You don't have a Bible app to be able to just go to your, you had to Google. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't just, <laughs> I couldn't just wow. recall it from my, <laughs> you couldn't just pull scriptures the, like, your guarded in my heart. Your sword yeah. drills from junior sword high. Sword drills, come on now. <laughs> Lionel Richie was the captain of the sword drill team. Yes. <laughs> he was. Hey, uh, coming in number one this week on the hot list, John Mayer opened his new world tour in New Zealand with a cover of How Great Thou Art. The singer songwriter kicked off his world tour in Auckland just weeks after a gunman kills killed dozens of worshippers at two mosques in the country. Before the concert began, um, John told the crowd, thank you for coming out under such heavy circumstances. It means a lot to me. He was then joined on stage by a traditional Kappa Haka group who also performed. Here's a clip. I see the stars. I hear the rolling Prop, is, how much is this like a Gunger concert or a concert? <laughs> well, no, they're singing Christian songs. That's different. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying, Gunger would never do that. <laughs> I wonder. I, I wonder if uh, if you if. I think it's like not a super traditional way to honor the the memories of of a, of a very tragic event of uh, mm. of Muslims who were slain with a Christian hymn. That's sort of an interesting choice, yeah, on his part. I know Muslim hymns aren't as well known in the in the Western canon, but it, it seems it was. I'm, I'm I'm wondering where it came from. I don't yeah. understand. No, would the, he be able to cover one even if he did? It's like I speak Arabic. Yeah, that yeah. would be kind of a strange. Yeah, it's kind, kind of a, a appropriate. Yeah, yeah. I never thought of it like that, Tyler. Like that, that was an odd religious choice given yeah. probably what the, he, the statement he was trying to make of one of healing. I, I would yeah. assume so. Yeah. I but would assume that the statement, because he, because he opened by talking about the, you know, the difficult time in New Zealand and yeah. 
then went into how to how great thou art, which is a lovely song. It's an incredible and, uh, song. I got goosebumps, but yeah. you're right. Yeah. That and, is and an it's traditionally a, a Christian hymn, but I feel like lyrically it's ambiguous enough that I I suppose you know you could you could stretch that. Yeah. It's you, monotheistic. You could apply yeah. it to, yeah. to other deities too. That's it, so kind of it'd be a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. yeah. Can we get Lionel? Can we get yeah, Lionel? You know, the, yeah, I'm not sure. I, 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 I'm a little torn. This is one for him. <laughs> this is one that Lionel can set us straight on. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a lose-lose for the guy. I think that was probably the best choice. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for... It's the hottest, the hottest. See, Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie, ladies and gentlemen, for the new hot listing. That's funky, Lionel. That is funky. Thank you. All right, stay tuned. See you next week, Lionel. Maria Taylor joins us. Listening to Tame Paula, the song is Patience. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Anderson Pack with King James. All right, this week's show is also brought to you by Samaritan Ministries, a healthcare sharing ministry with over a quarter of a million Christians caring for one another's needs from broken bones to cancer, pregnancies to organ transplants, all without the use of insurance. When the hospital told Brenna that she needed to come up with over $11,000 to pay for her surgery, Uh, scheduled just a week away. She felt panicked, but she's a Samaritan member and she was assured other members would be able to help uh, pay for this need. The surgery, crucial to her well-being, was a success and every penny was taken care of by the Samaritan Ministries community. Brenna says she's beyond thankful for her experience and plans to remain happily uninsured. If you'd like to learn more about how you can join those that are happily uninsured, visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash relevant. Well, Maria Taylor is the co-host of the new show, Million Dollar Mile, on CBS alongside Tim Tebow and sports radio personality Matt Money Smith. In each episode, contestants race actual professional athletes in a mile-long obstacle course in downtown LA in an effort to win a million dollars. Along with being an ESPN college sports analyst and co-host of College Game Day, which I watch every Saturday in the fall. She replaced uh, Samantha Ponder in 2017. Um, Maria also founded the nonprofit organization, the Winning Edge Leadership Academy, which is dedicated to developing the professional potential of young women and minorities in sports business. Uh, Jesse, you got the chance to talk to her this week, right? Yeah, I, I was super excited to talk to her about the show. And also, I wanted her perspective on faith and sports because, like we were saying earlier, she's very open about her faith. And as someone who regularly interviews athletes, you know, she I mean, she'd had a big famous sit down with Nick Saban last year. That was, you know, she, she's always talking about the figures in the sports world. Um, and I wanted to see why she kind of thought conversations about faith have become sort of a more regular part of sports culture. And here's what she said. I think because we're being forced to have so many different conversations. I mean, the way that social media has changed everything. Since we're talking about, you know, what we do when we wake up and we're posting it or we're talking about where we go on Sundays, you know, it's not just about where you work anymore. It's about your life. And since everyone is sharing their whole entire lives, a lot of people are realizing that you have to share your faith because that's a big part of your life. And, and so that's where I think most people find out about my faith or where I lean 
uh, some of the things that I'm able to share on social media and stuff like that. But I do believe that's why we're having more and more conversations about it, just because people's lives are more opened up in general. And, and now we're realizing, oh, look at the role that faith is playing in this person's life or that person's life or how they lost it and they came back in this story. So it's kind of cool to see it all playing out amongst all the negativity that we often see from social media. I think that is one good thing that we're getting from it. I, I had never really made that association that, you know, because I feel like so much of what you hear when it comes to like sports and social media is negative, you know, like mm. these athletes that are either distracted by it or cracking under the pressure of it or who are being baited by trolls on social media or something uh -huh. like that. But to say like, well, a lot of these young athletes have grown up with this and they know that transparency is a big part of, you know, of yeah. what is expected because of social media. And that's why faith has become such a big part of sports. And, you know, she's, you know, before she was a, a, a TV personality, she was actually, you know, a, a, a successful college athlete herself. So I, I wanted her perspective of being involved in sports for so long, how things have changed as it pertains to you know, faith in the intersection of sports. And here's what she said. Well, I think if there was a point in the past where if an athlete said, you know, the first person that I want to thank is God, and you would like, you'd freak out and be like, oh, that's not a real answer. I got to keep going back at him. And it's like, now it's like, no, that is real. You know, these athletes, and I know a lot of time I'm working with college student athletes, but they have a chaplain that they talk to all the time. I was just at UNC for senior night and all three of them mentioned, you know, a coach or a guy who played a huge instrumental role in their faith and bringing them closer to God. And that was a real conversation they were having. I mean, these athletes had tears in their eyes as they talked about it because, I mean, you can't believe how different your life is or can be until you've immersed yourself in faith or given your life up um, to Christ or decided that you have a higher power and being that you want to follow and give your life to. So it's just interesting to hear that it's a conversation now. And it's great to hear too, like a constant reminder that there are other people out there like you. Um, it's cool that it's becoming more commonplace. I know everyone on here to some degree is a sports fan. Is that something that you guys have observed too, that you feel like these conversations are becoming more common in, uh, among athletes? I mean, I just, maybe it's the, uh, is it more common or is it just the fact that we have more access directly to athletes because yeah. of social media and things like that? You know, I don't know. I mean, 10 years ago, how could you hear that, you know, Jonathan Isaac on the magic was passionate about his faith. I mean, I, there is no yeah. way for him to communicate that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, except maybe a random interview here or there, but now he's tweeting verses all day, every day, you know? So now I know more about his belief. So yeah. I don't know if it's more, you know, accepted or if it's just, there's more access to athletes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I do like what she said about, it, it seems like there's a less skepticism now. Like if mm -hmm. someone before was like, first I want to thank God. It's like, no, now these people, you know, especially for someone that it's in that world, talking to these people every day, it's something that's evident. Yeah. I also wanted to talk to her too about, you know, she's involved with um, the Winning Edge Leadership Academy and which is really focused on, you know, she is a woman of color and she wants to prepare uh, more women and minorities for jobs in sports media, but also the business of sports. You know, when we're talking, she was mentioning how if just like if you look at, for example, the NFL, like the 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 lack of opportunities and roles for, uh, you know, people of color and leadership positions in, the, in on the NFL sidelines, like how many coaches, you know, it's it's predominantly you know, white men in a lot of those roles. And she's not only wants to prepare young athletes, but she's also wants to see institutional changes happen. Here's what she said about, you know, uh, changes when it comes to addressing, um, 
diversity in, in the business of sports? Well, I think the first thing is just recognizing that it needs to be better. There's improvement that needs to be made. And so once that becomes a consistent conversation, then we can get to the root of the problem. I think a lot of times when I'm speaking to corporations and businesses, it's you know, we just can't find the candidates. Of course, we would like to hire diverse candidates, but we can't find qualified candidates. And so, okay, well, let's find a way to grow that talent pool or let's create um, entrance programs that allow you to have uh, a diverse candidate. Or let's talk about retention, because just because you add one minority doesn't mean they're going to feel comfortable in the situation um, or you're gonna, your organization is <laughs> going to be ready for having that one minority. So, yeah, there's something that can be done at, at all levels. I think, um, to improve diversity in sports. Yeah. Prop, you were nodding. I was nodding, bro. Yeah. That's a, she, she dropped a gem of like, yeah, sometimes you, when you're the, you're, you're holding down the hundred percent of the diversity section, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of a hot seat and it's a weird space. And it's like, you know, I'm supposed to feel like, I'm benefiting from this, but it kind of low key feel like the company's more benefiting yeah. than I am because you mm-hmm. got a guy that you can, you know what I'm saying? So her being able to say, nah, there's like a, it's a cultural change. is like, man, that's big. That was very insightful. Yep. And that's, I think, you know, it's cool. Like her work is not only, you know, helping these, you know, young people that are in college, like figuring out their careers, but also, you know, she does speak to NFL teams about diversity, yeah. you know, and the NFL has the Rooney rule, which when there's a, an opening on the coaching staff, you know, they, they have to make sure that candidates of color are given the opportunity to interview as well. But, you know, she says a lot yeah. more and rightly so needs to be done. Um, but I, I, I finally, I did want to ask her about the show and, uh, we talked for a little bit about the did concept you, of it. Jesse, did you ask her if you could get on it? I mean, come on. Like, I, like said, I said, I don't want to make Shoot this awkward shot. for you. I don't want to make this awkward for you, but right. I'm very fast and I play dirty. Uh, no, but I did want to say, I, I wish I could play this. I wish we, we had like two hours today because I also asked her about, I, I asked her one like total ESPN question. I didn't end up keeping it, but I was like, okay, because she's like a sports analyst. So I said, who will make a bigger impact on the professional level? Uh, uh, you know, the Zion Williamson or, right. or Kyler Murphy or whatever. And she was yeah. totally game for that you see she said zion is gonna is gonna blow up the nba but i did ask her this about the tv show million dollar blow mile it up like shoes I, Wait, you know, do you, do you, hold on does she really think that because i yeah. don't know i watched that ucf game and he seemed like he's i he scored like 32 points though. it doesn't it doesn't matter like looking at his frame like 19 year olds aren't filled out like that you know if you look at lebron yeah. at 19 if you look at like any of the nba guys Giannis at 19 they're rail thin He's already rocking 310. His joints and knees and stuff aren't going to keep up. Oh, so you're saying he got about four games yeah. in the NBA. He's going to go. I think, he's, I think he's going Oliver Miller. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's just going to be a big guy who's super talented. But the thing that makes him a freak right now is his hops. And I think the first thing to go with that frame is going to be his hops. Yeah. And then he's only a six seven kind of thick guy. He can't play down low because he loses his quickness at 25. And, it, and, and like he can't play on the perimeter because he loses quickness. And he's only six seven, so he can't play down low. I think he's positionless in like five years. Well, That's me. I- I mean, I think I wouldn't shock me if John Morant ended up with a better NBA career because that guy's a freak on every stat. But I did ask her this about Million Dollar Mile. All right. I said, this was the obvious question to me. She's a professional. She's a former college superstar athlete. Right. LeBron James created the show. Right. Tim Tebow's on the show. And a so sports the, con- radio- the concept is major obstacle course down the streets of L.A. 
we're going to have a normal human give him a big head start, and then a professional yes. athlete is going to try and catch up and beat him yeah, in a mile. It's like running, swimming, climbing, the yeah. whole deal. Yeah. So, so like, I feel like it's kind of so. I feel like the obvious question is if she's racing the million dollar mile and it's LeBron versus her versus Tebow and versus Matt Smith, their their uh-huh. their yeah, sports co-host. radio co host. Yeah. Who is winning the million dollar mile? Here is her. And she Ooh. also she also rightly said, you're not I'm not welcome anywhere near the show. So <laughs> here's what she said about who would win the million dollar mile. Definitely LeBron, because I mean, I've seen his workout regimen and the way that he takes care of his body. So I'm just going to I'm just going to go all the way. Team LeBron, then Tebow, then me, then Matt Money Smith, obviously. So we'd all be on the podium and Matt would be like clapping on the side. <laughs> yes. Shade right. thrown. Yeah, shade thrown. I like that. So I think she I here's my thing with Tebow. He's gotten too big too. I think, you know, this yeah. course, when you're climbing up a rock wall yeah. on build a skyscraper, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta have you gotta be a little lean. The guy looks like you know yeah. I think the people that need to be chasing them, if this was really an LA show, needs to be LAPD. <laughs> then, then I tell you what then I'm Go. definitely running in this and you ain't finna catch me cause I'm oh, winning man. this book oh man I thought you were gonna say like a wild animal or something but nope LAPD <laughs> no. okay LAPD alright yes. alright well that was Maria Taylor make sure to check out her new show on CBS it's called Million Dollar Mile and also this fall on College Game Day ESPN Sports she's everywhere right now uh, really cool that we had her on the show today Okay, stay tuned. Up next, it's our listener of the week. Just cause I'm afraid of love, don't mean I don't want to love him. Run in circles with no shame, with no shame, with no shame. But always coming home to nothing. You're listening to Joy Crooks. Well, today's episode is also brought to you by Blinkist. Being able to practice mindfulness every day is something we all want to achieve. Uh, Sometimes it can be really hard when we're overwhelmed with work and other aspects of life. That's why there's an app I highly recommend, which might help you to be more mindful every day. It's called Blinkist. It's the only app that takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses it down to just 15 minutes or so that you can read or listen to it. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of the books quickly without reading the whole thing. With an audio feature, Blinkist makes it so easy to finish four books a day while you're on the go. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now and has a massive and growing library from self-help to business, health, to history books. I uh, Right now, I'm in the middle of reading um, The 80-20 Principle by Richard Koch. It's a 16-minute read <laughs> on uh, Blinkist. And yesterday, I actually finished The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, uh, a 15-minute read. It was great. Love Blinkist. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for relevant podcast listeners. Go to Blinkist.com slash relevant to start your free seven-day trial. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash relevant to start your free seven-day trial. Well, it's time for... You listen to the show and it's time to get to know you. It's the listener of the week. Our listener of the week. Uh, This week joining us is Brittany Johns. Welcome, Brittany. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, guys. Where where, where are you uh, calling us from? Buffalo, New York. The frigid cold. (laughs) Is it still cold up there? Mm. Um, Today is actually like 
warm, quote unquote. It's 54, but um, it's still, it's kind of dreary out. So it kind of feels colder than 54, but yeah, it's still been snowing. (laughs) So why do you you choose to live in Buffalo, New York? Oh God, I know. So actually my husband and I lived here for 12 years before we were married. We got married and moved down immediately, basically to Charlotte. And we lived there for two and a half years, but we actually just moved back in January to come back to Buffalo. Um, and only because of the people here, really, there's no, <laughs> not that Buffalo doesn't have anything else to offer, but really the people here are very special. So yeah, we came back to be here with them. <laughs> Brittany, I have two quick observations about, uh, I have one observation, one question for you about Buffalo. I went to a Buffalo Bills game one time and it felt like what, a sporting event would be like in the apocalypse, like this old rundown stadium for some reason, like just people with shopping carts were just like, you know, circling the stadium, like for no like discernible reason, the stadium's in terrible shape. You know, everyone was behaving as if human law had like transcended back to like 400 years in the past. Like a, when like a was, walking dead situation. Yeah, when, when, like, when, it, when, it, when it was appropriate, just to smack strangers square in the back as hard as you can and scream. Like that was socially appropriate. Is that the kind of thing that happens in Buffalo? I mean, you're not wrong, <laughs> but like, that's like the pride of Buffalo. So, <laughs> I mean, people, I mean, you're not wrong. I can't. That is my hot take on Buffalo, which is what I like <laughs> them so much, is how much Buffalo loves Buffalo. And like, <laughs> don't really care what anybody else thinks. This is the best place in the world. I don't know what you're talking about. Jesse, I, I think that the reason... I think the yes. reason for the the what you experienced in the football stadium is because in Buffalo, because of the weather, everybody is cooped up all, all the time. Yeah, you exactly. know they can't go outside. Mm-hmm. They're in these small rooms with the same people. They're getting cabin fever, and then finally on Sunday they can all go outside and, and it's just medlam. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's, just it's like medlam. I don't know if you ever medlam. been fishing. And you have like a fish and you're like throwing back. As soon as that tail touches the water, he's gone. You yeah. know, they're just yeah. frantic and insane. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I have a friend that, that is, that's a big Bills fan. He's like, man, I stopped going to games. They passed this rule that's really ruined. I was like, oh, what's the rule? They're like, well, you can't jump off of the top of vans onto tables anymore. <laughs> like that was like a Wait, thing. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Brittany, thing? Isn't there a name for that? Where, where, you where can't Buffalo, bid work it anymore? Where, where Buffalo Bills fans like climb on top of vans yeah. and jump on fold up tables? That's what they do. That was in their in their tailgating. It was famous. Uh, like all these videos, they would like challenge each other, like how high could they jump, and then on their back land on the folding table and and crack it down the middle. That was the thing. Brittany, does this <laughs> happen anymore, or is, is the law still in effect that I heard about? So I've actually never been to a Buffalo Bills game, <laughs> and I, uh, I I'm sort of an honorary fan because my husband is, and we like I'm forced to watch the game. <laughs> But it's usually pretty painful, so I've never been to a physical game. Although I will say, I dropped him off at a game. When they made the playoffs last year, we drove from Charlotte to Jacksonville overnight just to so he could be at the game. But um, I didn't see any shenanigans. I left pretty quickly. Jesse, Jesse chose you as our listener of the week because of what you sent us on Twitter. Uh, three interesting <laughs> facts about yourself. I'm going to read them now and we would like some explanations. Uh, one of them was your dad took out the power to all of your neighbors behind you because he was trying to put up a zip line in your yard. Please, please tell us about the zip line. <laughs> and, and, and I'm assuming your dad's a Bills fan because that's the behavior of a Bills fan. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so actually, when the electric, like, electrical people came to, like, fix everything, they were calling him, uh, I think they called him Paul Bunyan or something like that. They were making fun of him. So my dad is one of those people that, um, it's like all or nothing. He's either going to do something real big or he's not going to do it at all. So, um, well, I like him already. They have, I have a half, half brother and sister who are 11 years younger than me. And like, they started to get to the age where, um, they wanted to have fun. So he's like, I'm going to put this, we're going to put in a basketball court and a trampoline and yada, yada. And he was like, I'm going to do a zip line. So our backyard was very park like, but the very, very back of it where he wanted to, put the zip line in was filled with trees. So he needed to cut some of them down um, in order to like make space for his zip line. And so he didn't enlist the help of anybody else or any professionals to come do it. He's like, no, I got this. So he starts cutting down trees and one of the trees he thinks is going to fall one way and it starts falling the opposite way and takes down the Mm. power line and it's a live power line and it had just rained. So there's like, Basically, our backyard oh is a gosh. swamp at this point. So he sees it coming down. And he starts running toward our house, screaming, "Call the fire department! Call nine one one!" Because and all like the neighbors on both sides come out and they're looking to see what happened. And then we notice that the, the whole neighborhood behind us doesn't have power. All of it has shut down. And so us and the neighbors to our left and right, like we still have power on our street. And so my my stepmom's like quick turn off all the lights because they didn't want to be standing water everywhere down power line turn the lights out quick children don't let the neighbors know that is the move that's brilliant she's the hero that kind of gave him this like reputation too in the neighborhood like with our immediate neighbors to the left and right anytime they would see him outside with any kind of tool or him looking like he's about to be busy they would come out and kind of like our neighbors were a little bit older than him so they'd come out and just kind of check on him like hey Hey, what are you up to today what what are we doing here but you didn't tell me you didn't tell us the best part of the story is there a zip line at their house right now absolutely there is that's right go big or go <laughs> home he, he he all, the way. all the way by the way as someone who watches a lot of zipline fail videos on youtube they're the best compilations <laughs> i appreciate uh, a successful homemade zipline so good on good on, your, good on your pops because you know what my favorite kind of zipline blooper is real quick the best and i've i've analyzed them some of them yeah it, they're always when they immediately snap when someone like jumps with all their weight and it snaps immediately and the person lands like four feet off the ground. But really, you could tell tweak the back a little. Those are the best. So I'm, I'm glad your dad was successful. Stupid. Wow. All right. Here's uh, fact number two. She says, I got pulled over three times in one week with an expired registration, a broken headlight and a need for speed. She went she got pulled over going 102 miles an hour and oh, yeah, for oh. all three of them she drove off without ever receiving a ticket how did you get out of those tickets especially the 102 <laughs> yeah okay so um back then i had a little bit of a lead fight and it's actually like a known thing between my friends everyone kind of teases me about it that i'm a bad driver i'm not a bad driver i was just a fast driver so there yeah. is a strip in buffalo um, part of the highway and most places in Buffalo, you can only go 55, but this particular strip, you can go 65. And so I was really feeling it and I turned up the music and I was going for it. And I didn't realize I was going as fast as I was going. I was just enjoying myself 
and nobody else was around, at least I thought. And so I'm going, and apparently I was going 102, and a non-marked police car pulled me over after I got off the highway. And I'm like, oh no, how fast was I going? And so he comes to my car and he's like mad. He's so mad. Um, And so he's, you know, you've been like reckless. You could have killed somebody, this and that. And then he looks down and he sees that the registration in my window or um, there's like a sticker um, has been expired for quite some time. (laughs) And um, so he, he says, you know, excuse me. And he walks away with my stuff and he goes behind his car and uses his radio um, to, I guess, call another cop car to come. I think the rule was someone told me that if it's an unmarked cop car, you have to have a marked cop car and come to actually write a ticket or whatever. So I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm thinking like, I'm going to go to jail. My life is over. (laughs) Like, so, um, he comes back, yells at me a little bit more and, um, like basically just gives me a lecture like a father would. And I'm crying. And so he just says, be careful. The other mark, uh, the other marked cop car comes over and he just waves them on and he just gave me a pass. And he's like, basically, I know that you like didn't mean to, but he was mean about it. And so he oh, wow. sends me on my way and I, I was on my way to work. And so I go into work. I could not speak for the rest of the day. I was so humbled and just freaked out. And then but it didn't last very long because two nights later I was driving and I got pulled over again because one of my headlights was out and I told the cop, I didn't know. And he, you know, tells me, and I'm young and kind of just dumb. Is, so, it, is it just um, a plot of bridesmaids? On it. <laughs> yeah, this is, <laughs> this is a, it's a plot of bridesmaids. This is a plot of bridesmaids. <laughs> this is, that is crazy that you didn't even get fined for doubling a 55. Then then a couple days later, I'm driving on another road and I get pulled over again and it's for my registration again. And, um, I said, you know, actually I was just pulled over for this a couple nights ago, (laughs) a couple (laughs) days ago. And I, I'm aware of it. I have to go get it done and everything. And he lets me go anyway. Um, and then I drive off and then no tickets that time, but a month later I'm doing something reasonable. I mean, I kind of sped up a little to get, out of between these two tractor trailers, I finally get caught and got a speeding ticket. But I was like happy about it because I knew I deserved it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, next time I get pulled over, I'm going to start crying and ask the father, ask the, the police officer some fatherly advice. Like, I think <laughs> this is a fair trade-off, sir. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, you don't have to write the ticket, but I am all ears. Whatever you, you want know to what really show me. You know what really show me is uh, is some wise words from a seasoned a professional like yourself. Talking to. That would, that would, that would. Yeah, I think the moral of the story is you need your license revoked. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you've you've managed to have a more traffic drama in 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 your lifetime than I think any of the four of us have combined. But think and about think about the her her the DNA how she was raised was by a father that. who's yeah. all or nothing, big or go home, and she drives exactly. the same way. <laughs> you <laughs> or your yeah. father should not be allowed to operate machinery. <laughs> Yeah, because because I kind of feel like your method of driving is either the foot is totally on the gas, yeah. like all the way down, or you're slamming on the brakes at all times. Like there's that's four how gears. you race. Like this, Jesse, four gears. Because, there's plenty of gears between first and fifth. I just yeah. 
You know, Jesse, it's you, because up in Buffalo, they're trapped in the house all the time. So when they finally get free, <laughs> they go, they're like that fish. You just got to go. They just yeah, got to go. The tail starts wagging. You're gone. You're gone. Yeah. You know, next <laughs> thing you Brittany. know, you're, you're out jumping off the top of a converted moving van onto Jeez. an old <laughs> church fold up table. And <laughs> Bill's mafia to a zip line. That's awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Brittany, our, our listener of the week uh, for late March. Um, good luck there in Buffalo. Hopefully you don't have another freak snowstorm. You guys can enjoy the nice spring like the rest of us. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. That was delightful. You know? Prop, this is a, this has been a lot of fun hanging out again. We got to do yeah, this regularly, okay? Yeah, it's yeah. been good. Hey, tell us what's coming up next for you. Like, yeah. what, anything you want to plug? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the end of the world tour West uh, starts April twenty fifth in Seattle, which is sold out. Sorry, um, but then we go Portland. We got Chico, San Luis Obispo. Just running down the Western Seaboard all nice. the way to Los Angeles. Y'all get those tickets. Prophiphop.com. Get them really quick because they're really flying um i'm writing a book guys i'm writing nice. a book finally wow. yeah, yeah. Book yeah, going on with an album. yeah man what genre uh, please tell me it's a a a mystery a sci-fi mystery no it's a choose the, your own adventure Shyamalan twist no it's a choose <laughs> your own adventure it's one of those where you get to pick <laughs> totally <laughs> i guess yes you just you both of you just you're gonna ruin my reveal here well, man. When, is it, when is it coming out when is it coming out Oh, it's not, it's, uh, it's still being written. Okay. So there's no, uh, yeah, release date. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I got some time, but, uh, yeah, keep up with that. Um, the, our pods going pretty great. We're touring yeah, this summer. Cash. We'll give you the, uh, shoot some links out there soon. Yeah. You're, wait, the you're pod. touring the pod. Yeah. We're touring the pod. Nice, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah man. And it's pro. it's, it, yeah, I, I know I follow you on Twitter, but it's at prop hip hop. That's where you get all yes. the, the, the deets. And the Get all the juicy deets. Yeah, yep. that's awesome. And all the uh, apocalyptic Middle Earth adventures. My one uh, addition that I'm writing to this Middle Earth thing is how Tolkien's world ain't got no black people. So mm. I'm going to write in black people into Middle Earth. Is that the book? Because I would definitely read that. <laughs> I would I'd read the book. That's yeah. the book. Yeah. Lord of the Rings Redux. Yeah. Middle Earth <laughs> is essentially a Gunger concert. And <laughs> you basically. are inserting. And they, okay. And they invited a black dude. So <laughs> I'm looking at all these elves and going, how y'all surviving in this sun as pale as you are? This is just, I don't understand y'all's story. All of you elves should have died of skin cancer by now. So That's funny. Here we go. I'm reading yeah. it. I am reading it. Yeah. Well, thanks to uh, Prop for joining us. Uh, you can follow him at Prop Hip Hop for updates and Love tour dates and check out his podcast, uh, The Red Couch Podcast as well. Uh, thanks to Maria Taylor for joining us. You can follow her at Maria Taylor on Twitter and make sure to tune in to A Million Dollar Mile. It's airing now on CBS. I, I predict that at some point, Jesse will end up on the show. I will, and I will lose immediately. (laughs) (laughs) I'm throwing banana peels and just shouting at people, you know. Away from me, Chibo! Yeah. (laughs) Thanks to uh, I'm not even racing. I'm just a co-host. For making the episode possible. (laughs) Hey, remember to join us on May 4th for the World Vision Global 6K for Water. It's an awesome event for a great cause. You can even race with us here in Orlando at Relevant, but no matter where you are, get a group together running your neighborhood. Let's raise some money 
for clean water uh, for kids in need around the world. Go to worldvision6k.org for more information. Also, thanks to Samaritan Ministries as well. You can uh, learn more about how you can join those that are happily uninsured by visiting samaritanministries.org slash relevant. And also thanks to Blinkist. Right now for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for relevant podcast listeners. Go to Blinkist.com slash relevant to start your free seven-day trial. All right. Well, that'll do it. This is a fun one. I am Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I am Propaganda. We will see you guys on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your smile. You're all I've ever wanted. And my arms are open wide. Cause you know just what to say. And you know just what Thank you for listening to the relevant podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from the Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. I long to see the sunlight in your hand And tell you time and time again How much I care Sometimes I feel my heart will overflow Away from me, Tebow! Relevant Podcast Network.